0: grace and peace wisdom talks this is Terrence Frederick chief servant follow me on clubhouse under urban theist 7 or you can catch me on instagram urban theist today I want to talk about being too deep what does it mean to be too deep? Have you ever heard someone say that about you? Oh, you being too deep. Oh, that's too deep right there. What does that really mean? And why am I taking the time to talk about it? I think it's an important topic and subject. Once we get into it, you'll understand it a little bit more. But when people are saying you are being too deep, they're really dissing you. It's a disc hold. It's a sneak diss. You're being too deep. It means this is what it means. It means you think you are deep, but you are really not deep at all. In most cases, they don't really think you're deep. But one of the things that they might be saying is uh you're being impractical for the situation. Your commentary, your comments, your reaction, your response is being it's impractical. But instead of saying that, they say, oh, you're being too deep. Another thing that they might be saying is you're reading too much into it. You're reading into it. It, it don't take all of that too much. You're going too far with it. One of the things that they could be saying when they say you're too deep. When you get the typecast as the person, you know, people will talk about you and say, you know, that brother, that sister, you know, she like to get deep. You get too deep for me. That's what they're saying. You're being irrational. You don't make sense. You are trying to be on some esoteric, some secret, mysterious knowledge or wisdom. You're doing too much. They're saying or some people might be saying you are equivocating. Now, I need to break that down because I hear that often in Clubhouse. You're equivocating. You're equivocating. What does that mean? What it means, this is not how they always use it, but what it means in the dictionary is to speak in a way that is intentionally not clear and confusing to other people, especially to hide the truth. So there's a motivation behind the word. It's not just that you're being unclear, but you're doing it on purpose to hide the real truth. So you're equivocating. You're speaking in a confusing way to conceal what's really going on. Some people mean that when they say you're being too deep, right? You're hiding the simplicity of what's being said. Just imagine, though, you know, a lot of times people say you're being too deep, but just imagine if someone really thought you were deep. How would they act? How would they act if they really thought that you were being deep with what you were saying? Well, one thing they would do is sit at your feet and learn If people really thought you were being deep. Then they would stand in awe of the depths of your wisdom and vastness of knowledge. They would sit at your feet and take notes like. uh, Was it Mary? You know, so. They would ask you many questions to understand the laws and principles that govern the realm that you reside in. How can I be at that level of mastery? That level of word I used to use a lot, profundity. (laughs) How can I become profound in my thinking like that? Or some would just stay away from you altogether because they're afraid of being immersed in the depths of where you are. They're afraid of taking the challenge and making the sacrifices that it takes to purchase what you have obtained or they don't see that this level of commitment is even necessary for their purpose. So like, it do not it's, it's not necessary. I don't need to go that far with it. But in reality, most people don't think you are deep at all. A lot of times they sarcastically call you deep um, while making mockery of you. Now, one of the reasons behind this, there is a God nature in all of us, all humans. And because we were all given dominion, that's our inheritance mandate, just as being sons and daughters of Adam, we actually have the tendency to devalue other people and simplify them to avoid coming under another person's tutelage. In other words, I don't want to be under you. You're not going to have dominion over me. And so I'm going to uh, minimize your contribution to my knowledge so that I can circumvent coming under you. We have forced ourselves. We have to force ourselves at times to yield to another person's process. And when we do it, we do it with caution because we don't want to be controlled. And that's a God-given emotion in us to not want to be controlled by other men because, as Dr. Miles Monroe has said before, God gave us dominion to rule over things, the fish in the sea, the fowl in the air, the creeping things on the ground. But he nev- never gave us dominion to rule over people. So there's a desire in us to avoid control. But we take that to the next level and we keep ourselves from walking in the principles that somebody else may have to offer us, to give us and that purpose the, the reason why we're doing that is because we want to avoid control but we what we end up doing is avoiding receiving wisdom when it comes the truth of the matter is that we all have the potential for depth But because we were created to be interdependent, there are many areas of our lives that we are shallow in. We don't start out being deep in all areas. There are areas we live in shallow waters in. This was by design so that we could depend on one another. Nobody has it all. But we must learn how to value the depth that resides in other people. Or we're going to miss God every time. The usurping attributes of our fallen nature causes us to seek out the shallow parts of other people to lower the people in our eyes so we can disregard what they are saying. I'll say it again. We have a tendency to usurp authority and dismiss others out of our fallen nature. And we even go as far to seek out what is shallow in other people what is weak, what is less developed, what is immature in other people, to lower them in our eyes, to diss them so we can disregard what they are saying. Usually this happens on a subconscious level. We're not always aware that we're doing it, but we've learned how to do that, to protect our own egos, to protect our own sense of being in control. This is a self-justifying mechanism. That gives us an excuse for why we don't consider the depth that is within other people. The question is, should we even desire to be deep? And should we seek to fellowship with others on deeper levels? What are the inner workings that go behind why some people are called deep? What are the inner processes within them? that make the vast majority of people say they're deep or trying to be deep. One of the things that we have to recognize is that we are pattern seers. This is one of the things that separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom, the lower species, is that we as humans have the ability to recognize complex patterns. Some people sarcastically call us deep. Because we recognize patterns that they don't see. All of us were born with the nature. We're born in the image and likeness of God. We're born with the nature to recognize patterns. There are different types of patterns. When I talk about patterns, I'm talking about things that repeat themselves and things that operate in sequential order. There are numerical patterns. We see significance in number patterns. Uh, There's biblical numerics, where there's significance in the numbers biblically that we see in scripture. There's mathematics, and even science operates off of pattern recognition. But there are different types of patterns. You have behavioral patterns. This is where we get into psychology and sociology and counseling, being able to recognize the behavioral patterns in animals, in things, patterns, right? Then you have sound patterns. Those—that's where the musicians come from. It's different people who understand how to manipulate the patterns that are in sound. You have visual patterns. This is where we see patterns in design and art and texture and colors and varying degrees of different things. Lines and circles and waves and all kind of things that you can see repeating themselves. Patterns. You have symbolic patterns. You know, this is where you get into the interpretation of things and the meaning of things, the meaning behind the thing, what this thing symbolizes, maybe in history, you know, as this thing has showed up in history or it maybe it showed up in this culture or maybe it showed up in this demographic, in this generation. And those things set up for us patterns that, help. excuse me, that help us to recognize the significance of symbols. And we have linguistic patterns, patterns of language and communication. So, so many patterns. You have seasonal patterns. These can be natural seasons or even prophetic seasons. And so patterns can be scaled from small to large. You can see patterns on a minuscule, small level. And, you know, even when you get into the microscopic or even beyond that, the level, the patterns are there. But a lot of times we can't see it until it becomes big enough to catch our eye, where I can detect it. So patterns exist before we can detect them. But once we detect them, we can, we use probability and we use the ability to um, operate in logic and see things scaled from small to large. In other words, if you're seeing a pattern on a small scale and you see how that pattern is consistently, repetitively, sequentially doing this, then you see how it works as it is multiplied on a big scale. Same thing, you can see something that's multiplied on the big scale already and you can deduce it down into a microscopic pattern. And we find interesting things there because it moves from the physical from the visible to the invisible. It moves from the seen to the unseen. It moves from the, the, the natural to the spiritual. To what we call spiritual. A lot of things we call spiritual just because they're invisible. But there's still laws that are operating. So patterns are important. The study of patterns is the study of order. People who don't value order will call you deep because they have not considered the pattern to the degree or detail that you have. Much of what is called deep is because that person has not put the time in to study the pattern. And so they see no significance in what's being said. Now, I'm obviously speaking to the people who are genuinely deep, who genuinely operate in the depths of what the Most High has given them, yet they are mocked as deep and sarcastically made fun of because people around them live in the shallow waters. Now, there are some people that are not deep at all who think that they're deep, but there is no proof that what they're saying has any depth in it. So we have to understand that things have to be proven out. But like I said, the topic of being deep or the topic of measuring the depths of what is in man in the depths of, of what operates him or governs him or governs society, that topic is really a study of order. So a person that is genuinely deep is a person who studies the patterns or the order of creation. Now, let's look at what the scripture says about the topic of being deep, because first of all, I want to take out that stigma that that's a bad thing, that that's something you shouldn't be. Um, And you don't have to divorce practicality or simplicity. You don't have to divorce that by embracing being deep. One of the reasons why you don't have to divorce it is because simplicity is still undergirded by com- complexity. Everything that seems simple, if you broke it apart, if you really got into the nuts and bolts of it, it has complexity underneath the surface of what seems to be simple. So, the art of making something appear simple just speaks to the elegance of the artist. It does not mean that it is not complex because everything that is a thing has complexity in it because complexity sustains it and holds it up because there's different parts and different elements and different layers to everything that exists. It's just how far are you going to take it? Anyway, we said we're going to the scripture. So Proverbs 20, 27 says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching out his innermost being. This helps us to understand right now that every one of us has the potential for depth because he has given every one of us a spirit. And not only has he given us a spirit, he told us what the purpose of our spirit is. The purpose of the spirit is to be a lamp That the Lord uses, that Yahweh uses. In other words, this is his divine technology for searching out our inmost being. So we always say that Yahweh is all knowing, but we never consider how has he set himself up to know. What tools or technologies has he used or put in place to know what he knows? To realize what he knows in real time. Yes, it all comes from him. Yes, it's inherent within him. Yes, it comes from him. He's the source of it. But in methodology, in practice, he sets up systems in order to operate or manifest or um, utilize the acumen that he has. So he gave us a spirit so he can search our hearts. What? Can search the deep things. So he can search the deep things within us. So our spirit itself is deep. No one can truly understand the spirit. A lot of people mistake the spirit from the soul. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that it's the sword of the spirit is the only thing that can discern between the soul and spirit, can make the distinction between soul and spirit. A lot of things we call spiritual, they're soulish. A lot of things we call soulish, they're spiritual. We have to have the spirit of the Lord, the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of Yah. Not only the word of Yah dormant, but it is the word of Yah being exercised. That comes in and discerns the intents of the heart. You got to understand that. So he has given us technologies spiritual technologies first of all these spiritual technologies are what he uses himself so that he can bring us to a place of realizing what he already knows about it so in other words not only does he use it to discern our hearts but he also uses it our spirits and the sword of the spirit so that we can come to understand what is in our hearts. But we're going to keep on going. I'm not going to build on every scripture I promise. Ephesians 3:16-19 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. That's heavy. <coughs> That's heavy right there. Listen, this is our prayer for you. Right. But he says in that he says so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and That you being rooted and grounded in love. Love is deep. You have to be rooted and grounded in love. Love is not surface. Love is deep. But he says that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth, length, height, and depth? So we got to understand. This is so deep when it comes to that, because. Many spirit beings don't operate as spirit beings and they cannot comprehend the deep things of Yah. They can't discern it. But he's given us a spirit and for those of us in Christ, he has utilized the reconciliation of spirit and soul, of most holy place and holy place so that he could bring us to a Awareness and understanding of the depth of His love and the treasures of His wisdom. All of this is deep. It's it's being truly deep. Corinthians. Uh, I don't know if this is first or second. I, I missed the um, first part of that. But in one of those Corinthians, you can look it up. Two ten says, "For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God it says he searches all things even the depths of God just says man's spirit searches out what is in man the spirit of Yahweh searches out his spirit and then reveals them to us there are deep things mysteries hidden things that have not yet been revealed to the populace but this is why he gave us a spirit to reveal the things that have been hidden psalms 42 7 deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls all your breakers and your waves have rolled over me deep calls to deep that's a principle to understand and embrace Simplicity, or you should say shallowness calls unto shallowness. You can say that. But it is only the deep that can call unto the deep. Deep people understand each other. First Corinthians 2 9 through 14. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. The purpose of the Spirit is to declare what was given to us. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. See, we have to get spiritual teaching in order to understand the deep things. You can't get anything deep from God if you remain on the surface. Christ interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. This is why they mock you. Say you're being too deep because in their carnality, it is foolishness to them. It's folly. It's confusion. It makes no natural sense. But the most High makes all the sense in the world. He's sensible He's created order, he established the universe based on order and logic, but, like I told you before, if they cannot see the pattern, if they cannot see how far it goes with him, if they cannot see the logic played out not only maybe over one year, two years, but they can- if they cannot see his logos or his logic, his reasoning, his thought processes. Reason out over generations and generations over ages and ages they can't follow the pattern the pattern is too complex for them and they lose it they lose the pattern before they see it repeat and so they think that there's no order to it but he tells us he 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 works off of cycles he works off of seasons he works off of repetition. That's how the wheels turn. He works off of revolving. He works off of revolution. He w- works off of winter, spring, summer, fall. He, wa- he works off of life and death and joy and pain. He works off of work and rest. He works off of hunger and being fed. He works off of nakedness and clothing. He works off of these cycles. We can't understand. We can try to reason within ourselves a season of lack and judge him and judge things based on that season, but you don't understand it's a revolution. The lack produces a hunger and a desire to be filled. The lack. Creates the search, the hunger for fulfillment, which produces a seeker or a worshiper, which produces one who did not have as becoming one who will discover, which causes him to go or her to go beyond the natural means of discovering something, which makes them a savior in their generation or a deliverer in their generation which causes them to bless a generation and bring it into renewal. Bring it into a new age of technology. Bring it into a new age of spirituality. Bring it to a new age. And when I say a new age, I'm not talking about the new age cult, but I'm talking about a refreshness, a refreshing or a freshness in him to bring about a revival, a true revival. Because true revival does more than just cause us to shout, jump, scream, holler. That might be a part of it. People shout for joy. They mourn and cry out and lament in pain and suffering. But a true revival is a revival of enlightenment. It causes people to look for the book that has the mysteries in it. And it brings them into a new age of discovery. And what do they discover? The hidden laws that were already placed even if it wasn't in a book, the, the, they find the spirit from the book, but then the spirit leads them into the wilderness. And the, the spirit leads them into a place where they can be tested, but they come out from that wilderness. They come out from that place into a place of anointing and into a place of power, into a place of healing, deliverance. And all of that's not done just by laying on of hands. Some of us, done by discovery of laws and some of these laws are natural laws some of these healing principles and these practical tools that are used they come out of the healing anointing the healing grace they come out of it all of this speaks to what it means to truly be deep because what it means to truly be deep is to be immersed in the spirit and to be used beyond natural means for beyond natural purposes to do extraordinary things to bring a wave of people into the depths. You ever seen the wave and it comes down, but then it brings those in the shallow. It draws them into the deep places. So you have the, the wave, you could say the Christ wave. That brings them into the depths. Right. So that you could be immersed. And what happens when we're immersed? We come up from that immersion fully drenched with that which we have been covered by. And to be deep is to be in a place where you're covered by something. It's not to be uncovered. Scripture says that the father is the head of Christ. So the father covers Christ. It says Christ is the head of the man. So we understand that Christ covers the man. And it says that the man is the head of the woman. So to be in a place of depth is to be covered, to be so deep to where you're immersed or you're covered by something else that becomes a protection for you, but also conceals you. Why does it conceal you? Because there will be a time and place where you will be revealed. But when you are revealed, you're revealed in order to glorify your covering. That's why it says the woman, her hair is her glory. But it also says that the woman is the glory of the man. The man is the glory of Christ. Christ glorifies the father. So we are immersed so that we can be covered, so that we can be revealed, so that we can glorify. Now, all this speaks to what it means to be deep. So if you are considered deep, if you're called deep, embrace it. It's who you are. Walk in the depths because to be deep is to really be fully immersed in the anointing. Not only the anointing that is within you, but also the anointing that has come upon you. Alright good people I think I've rambled enough there Listen this is Wisdom Talks Like I said follow me on Clubhouse Urban Theist 7 Follow me on Instagram or you can pick up One of those books on Amazon Terrence Frederick It's a few of them The Governmental Sound uh, Watching From My Post um, uh, 12 Life Lessons It's different uh, books out there but you know if you want to get on into this these deep places let's go uh, we talk about the royal priesthood manual what it means to be a king and priest all right Melchizedek order all that and some people really are deep but there's even levels levels to our depth so you can go beyond um, you can go beyond the depth or the surface that you're on and go deeper. You can keep digging. And that's what we're called to do. Keep digging. All right, grace and peace. I'm out.